And welcome once again to Sticks and Kicks. I am Danny Orona, your faithful host, unlike others who step away and vacation in Sedona without their brothers, without their <laughs> friends, who go off on mystical adventures, who enjoy everything that nature has to offer, and did then come back and eat my pretzels. Did you see the, um, first of all, I went to Payson, not Sedona. I don't know. Oh, um, that other fuck is in Sedona yeah. right now. Also enjoying nature. Also enjoying everything that Arizona well, has he's to there offer. For, he's there for the whole weekend. So, And we're talking about Kenneth. Um, oh, yeah. He will not be with us in the show, but he's once again. God damn it. How about now? Yeah. All right. This so, technical difficulty shit. All right. Go ahead. By the way, Lucio, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it this time. I know how butthurt you get. You know? <laughs> um, but no, uh, did you see the 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 free up uh, the picture of the freeway on the 17? Going up to Sedona. It was back uh, going up to like Sedona and like Flagstaff. It was backed up all the way to Anthem. So from Anthem up, which literally meant Anthem is like two miles outside of the city, like two, three miles outside of the city. You know, limits. It's a completely like Anthem's a completely different um, county. But it's like literally two miles out, out of it. And it was backed up to there. It was crazy. Yeah, I when at the company I used to work with uh, when I was doing construction, I would sometimes have to go up and uh, work in Anthem. And those were kind of, I, I enjoyed when I got the paperwork and I, and I saw that I had to go Anthem and uh, what the hell was it called? Um, Cave Creek? No, the, 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 the development itself, the neighborhood. It oh, was... No. Uh, I forget what it's called, but we all knew that. We just referred to it as Anthem Mm -hmm. because that's where you got off the freeway. And it was cool for me because I wasn't the one driving the big trucks. So when we got that, I knew it was at least an hour that I was able to sleep in the truck (laughs) and let someone else drive and go up there. So that that was always good news for me. And even better when when there was traffic because that was like an hour and a half, almost two hours of just chilling there before we got to the first. Getting paid. It's all on the clock. I don't give a fuck. Well, Kenny's up there having a good time. It's his um, sister-in-law's uh, graduation party thing uh, that they're doing for her. So uh, have fun, you guys. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying the nice, wonderful weather up in Sedona. Hopefully there's not too many people around, you know, for the hiking trails and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, let's get to it. Um, we're going to start off talking about a little bit about the Phoenix Rising. I know we just had Christine on here and we were talking about it. Um, but I do want to get into some... <laughs> Some things, I guess, about it as well. Yeah, like uh, that interview with Christine that we had. We're we're gonna have that in in a little bit right now before we head, we head off into the break. We we'll go ahead and play that for you. But um, uh, yeah, last week we were talking about the Phoenix Rising being the first uh, Arizona team to actually come back to training, and we were all full of hope and we were all like full of energy that we were close to having soccer back right here in Phoenix, and only to. Have it all crashed down this week with just the news that things are not going well between the players and the, the league. league. I mean, it's interesting that the league and the players are the ones actually talking to each other. It's not the team. And, you know, the team is just kind of like the middleman, not even really the middleman. They're just kind of like the the in the way kind of thing because the players have to deal with the actual league. They don't have to deal with the team. The team is right now, as far as I know, they're not really doing much to help the players. I think they're there in support, but they're, you know, why don't they speak up and be like, hey, you know, the league, 
this is what we want to do. It also shows some some weakness on the club level, showing that the team doesn't want to get involved because they should get involved. It's their players. Well, that's so. uh, that's definitely that's a double edged sword. No, that's definitely a double edged sword. And it, and if we're talking about just like like people like you and me, like yeah, they're my employees, and I need to stand up for them and you know help them out right there. But at the same time, it's it's standing up to the people that sign your paycheck. Okay, so and like, Elon Musk did it. <laughs> he he stood up to California, said, "I'm gonna open this bitch. I'm gonna bring people back to work. If you arrest me, if you arrest them, you just arrest me." And then he, you know what he said? You know he whipped out his big ass dick, and he's all like, "Yeah, if you fucking do this. I'm leaving California." Yeah, California said, "Uh." So by the same t- by the same thing, you want Phoenix Rising to leave Phoenix? You want them to hold the the city for a ransom? I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! You don't think about these things. No, before. but what I'm saying is not so much that they need to like do that and be like, "Oh, we're not." Gonna, but I mean, like they also they they need to stand up for their players and be like, "Hey." You guys, this is gonna be this. Should, this is a good deal. We should do this because they do have a deal in place, uh, negotiations in place where they're talking about things and what they want to do. Um, so we need to really get the. I feel like the team needs to get involved. But as much as that is, I mean, how much could you really get involved? Yeah, like getting involved at this point would be. Uh, it would be enough, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, be enough for them to at least put out a statement saying, "Hey." We we back our players and we want to help out our players and everything. Mm-hmm. So for them to uh, whatever disagreements between the league itself, which we're gonna learn uh, with uh, Christine's interview, it's it's basically one family controlling everything in the country in, the, in terms of USL soccer and the loan and um, a loan company. Well, the the holding company belongs to the family. Like, Does that, it really? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Is that that's like, terrible? That the holding company, quote unquote, like. She said it's 50 point something percent. It's fi- 13 percent and then 15 percent. Oh, that's what they're making off of revenue. Yeah, the you- holding company and then the actual family still owns part of it and their own, they are getting another 15 percent. So yeah, together they're saying. making about 30 percent of all revenue in the league from every team. Yeah. We got to the final line, we got to the finish line. We took very different paths to get to. Yeah, mine was more understandable. No, it was not. Yes, it Christine's was. was more understandable. We'll hear her in a few minutes <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, speaking of Christine and speaking of the Red Fury, Lucio, I was so looking forward to like the light at the end Me of the too. tunnel, fighting, finally getting together, getting some of these watch parties going. My again. good luck, tacos. And then, uh, yeah, like Senior Aussies was coming back. By the I way, mean, when are we going to go over there? We need to. Are they open now? They, yeah, they should be. They're, we can go right now. After this, go talk to them. They're gonna sponsor us. I don't know. We can talk to them. Hey, you know we. This time next week, we could be filming sticks and kicks at a booth at Senor Ozzy's and chowing down on some tacos. Yeah, bring back Senor Ozzy's. Yeah, and they did. Phoenix Rising decided to do the right thing. See, this is how we know we they listen. Phoenix Rising is a listening company, even though, even though there was an owner on the Phoenix Rising that had you know a buddy that owned the. Tar, the tortas place, whatever the fuck it was, that nasty ass bullshit place that was there that was a sorry excuse for Mexican food. And 
he had a whole thing with him and his little buddy's like, oh, I don't want another Mexican taco place there because uh, I don't want them You're to take my business. Go, are you? Fuck no, because I had to go a whole season without fucking tacos. A whole season. No tacos, no nachos, and no Sonoran dogs. They were going to bring the Sonoran dogs. Yeah, I love hot dogs. Yeah, I fucking love all that shit. And you know what happened? Because of this little bullshit, uh, we had to fucking sit there and fucking deal with that fucking sorry ass place. That, by the way, was never full, was never aligned to get there. Their talk, their prices were fucking ridiculous. I'm glad nobody went, and I'm glad they had to bring back Senior Aussies because Senior Aussies is fucking better. They, they're there for the people, and their fucking prices are actually... Fucking reasonable for fucking good food. So yes, glad they're back. Wanted my fucking tacos. Now I have them. Now I don't have them again. So yeah, I'm very upset. Tacos were the good luck tacos. That's probably why we didn't win the league last year. Strong words when it comes to food from Mr. Lucio. Hey, I'm eating right now. <laughs> no, we could not tell. We can't get all the crunchy noises that's going right here. You can't like. hear me crunching right now. <laughs> you can't hear me crunching right now. Anyways. Alright, the, the the good news that we're still seeing is that the club is backing up the team mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, every, giving the players everything that they need mm-hmm. and training is still going on. Yeah. So I mean the good signs are still there. Uh, negotiations have not been going good between the USL and between the, the players. Um not saying that all hope is lost. It's not. But we, for the first time, we could see the very real possibility of not having USL soccer this season. But the thing is, the problem that happens with this is that you, if you don't have a season this year, some of the teams that were struggling to get through, like, you know, like Las Vegas. (laughs) But teams that are struggling... They might fold, and we might not have a league to go to next year, or we might have a very weak league, you know, to go to something that's not gonna that's not gonna sit there and represent what the USL could be, you know. And my biggest issue is that I want the USL to be bigger than the MLS because they have the potential to do that to promote and regulate in the future. Because we're such small teams or such small groups, and I think that they need to focus in that direction to not make stadiums as big as they are unless you're willing to be okay with if you, for whatever reason, have a terrible season and get regulated, you know, you're still going to have that season, that, that, that stadium, you know. That's why, in, in, that's why in, in, like, for example, European soccer, even in Spanish soccer, you have the teams like Madrid and Barcelona who spend godly amounts of money to make sure that their teams never get regulated, you know. But then you look at the smaller teams, you know, like if, if when you look at the team like Leicester City, Leicester City, when it came up, it had a tiny stadium. It wasn't big. It went through the years of it climbing all the way back to the top or climbing to the first division. It they, they started developing their stadium a little bit more. But when they first started, their stadium was small. I mean, you look at teams like. Uh, oh God, what is that team like Norwich? Norwich has a small stadium. I think it only fits like what twenty like thirteen thousand people. It's not super huge compared to like you know um, Man City Stadium, who that holds like what sixty five thousand. It's huge, you know Wembley that holds a hundred thousand plus. It's ridiculous. These big thing, these big stadiums, but those teams are 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 kind of they they already assured themselves or they already protect themselves by constantly 
getting better talent, getting big talent so that they can continue. I think that, you know, but if they were to get regulated, they would have to go. But here's the thing. And there's teams that. Here's the difference about that, Lucio, is that you're talking about soccer in in countries where soccer is above everything. So even if your team gets regulated, you are going to lose some mainstream fans Mm -hmm. that are only there for, you know, top flight. So you'd lose all of uh, Man City would lose all their fans. Man City would never go down again. They would lose all their fans, though. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You would. They would lose their their main their mainstream fans and uh, whatever. But for most of these teams, it's very uh, it's a very small amount. Like because most of most of the followers, especially of those small teams, they are super dedicated to those small teams. Like they will not do anything to hurt the team. They will continue to support these teams, even if they go to the second, even third division, whatever. Like you see some, sometimes that like during cup games, like Mm -hmm. especially in the English cup where you get a fourth division team against uh, a freaking superstar team, whatever the, the home fans or the, the small team fans, they're there and they're loud. They're giving everything to the knowing the full well. I mean, soccer is a background sport for the United States. Unfortunately, we here in Phoenix, we're a little bit spoiled in the fact that uh, the Phoenix Rising fans, they love the Phoenix Rising yeah. no matter what. And they're going to keep packing the stadium. That's why we keep filling up our stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you look around the rest of the USL, it's not really like... Um, there's a few teams that like go f- with a lot, but there's some teams that really don't have a lot of yeah. huge fan base. Who was that guy that was talking shit on Twitter? I don't know, but... This fucking moron. <laughs> He's saying that everyone can social distance. He's going, like, everyone can be six he feet was apart. Like from OKC or something, <laughs> yeah, right? He was, like, some, some from a, a small-ass team. And, and like, and I, I told him, well, it's <laughs> it's easy for you guys. It's easy for you guys. I mean, Phoenix Rising, they sell out every game. He's like, oh, what, you guys got 7,000 people? And like, then What, John, you guys got seven? And then John's all like, John's all like, yeah, 7,000 people in a 6,500 stadium. Yeah, we don't, we, we might not be big, but we're packed. Hell so yeah. at the end of the day, we're overpacked if we're, if we're doing 7,000 7, and it's a 65,000 stadium, 6,500 stadium. It's like, yeah, buddy, relax. Go back to your, you know, corner at the at the top of the bleachers over there by yourself. <laughs> Go social distance over there. Oh man, you know what? I I usually like I'm terrible at social media. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this show would probably be a lot bigger if I was better at social media. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, would. I mean, probably better. We, we all were good at social media because I'm terrible at it. I hate so putting like that's, I hate saying anything online. That's that's like something that we 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 need to like work on. But that was just something like you know what I'm gonna test my foot in the water right here. That let's, was funny. Though. Let's see what happens. And uh, but yeah, like there was there was a a little bit of retaliation there. But no, like in all seriousness, um, nobody wants to be back at the stadium more than us. Mm-hmm. Like we and I said it last week. We would week. love to do that, but. It's just not the time to do it right now. I said it last week. I mean, like, as much as we are trying to social distance and trying to be, like, out there, I'd still go. I mean, like, like, and that was just my personal thing. I know that there's a lot of people that are against the whole thing happening and, you know, they want everything to be safe. And I get it. I, I get it that that's what it is. And But if they were to open and allow people, I would I would definitely go. If they were, if they were letting people in, they said, hey, we're going to let people in. We're going to do this. I would be there. Now... Since they're not saying that, obviously I'm not going to be there. <laughs> but you know, I understand where people's concerns are on the whole thing about social distancing. So, that being said, I'm still wanting to go to watch parties. I still want to sit with my Red Fury 
family and be out there and cheering you know whether you're you're cheering at a tv but you're still cheering for your team you know i feel like i always had that feeling that you, you they can hear you they can feel you like even when you're far away they can feel you yeah you know they they they, they know you're there they know you're watching they know you're cheering so they're they play Especially like this team with us, mm-hmm. with the Phoenix Rising, that is not only so open to us, like being around the players, being, and being around the, a lot of the players. But yeah, like we have such a close connection to like everything mm-hmm. that the Red Fury does, like they know about it. So mm-hmm. they, they know that we're going to be there Absolutely. no matter what. So if we were to have, if they were to have a game, if they were to have a closed door game and they knew like each and each one of us was going to be there for following. Uh, whether it be online watch parties or whatever it may be, they they all know that they're still in front of us. Even if the team were to host like a like po- like, hey, this is where we're gonna have some watch parties. I mean, there'd be people there. Yeah, because everyone because oh, right up. now people are just dying to watch these things. You know what I mean? Definitely. So that, that's that's definitely something that that we are fortunate enough to have that connection with the players, and hopefully that's still gonna continue. And uh, and definitely like we here at Sticks and Cakes also back our players. You know, absolutely. That, Hashtag backup players. Hashtag <laughs> AR players. Everything that's going on hashtag right there. Hashtag bring back senior taco, senior Aussies, which they did. So hashtag thank you. Hashtag Jesus Christ, let it go. Awesome. Hashtag <laughs> fuck Cortez Pacome. I don't know if I said it right, but I don't care. <laughs> but anyways, I think that uh, the training part though is still good for the players. Um, right now, like. Right now, moving on a little bit, like how we were talking about people just being desperate to watch live soccer. Yeah. Every other person on Twitter now is an expert on the Bundesliga. Yeah. So that's that's what we're seeing here lately. Obviously, honestly, I didn't even pay attention. I, I, I love the Bundesliga. I love soccer in general. I love it. Football all over the world. Um, the thing is, I just didn't care to watch it. It was just one of those things that... At this point, I'm I'm just so focused on what's going on here, more worried about this than I'm about watching European soccer. Because at the end of the day, I forgot where they left off when they left off. I don't know who's in top right now. I, I'm pretty sure it's Biner or um, Dortmund that are on top. They're usually always the ones on top. Of course, it's Biner. It's the Bundesliga. That's all that's on top. So it's, it's like that. Um, it, it's just one of those things that I'm more worried. I'm more ready for the English league to open up. That's what I really want to see, see when that gets started, um, because that's going to be kind of where I'm more on par watching right now, if they get back on it. So with that, um, I know all the all the teams have been testing the players and whatnot, and I think there's only one player that I've heard of that has been tested positive, and that's from uh, a small – I cannot pronounce his name. i got to look it up. Well, it starts with a B. <laughs> but uh, that's it's as far as I know. There's one player that's tested positive, and the rest of the league, as far as as far as I know, has been clean, and uh, every, everything looks forward. Everything looks like it can move forward, and we can start a new uh, new semester of English football mm-hmm. at least to try to close it out. Um, yeah. You know. Nine times out of ten that you replay all this, this it's gonna go to Liverpool. Like Liverpool is mm-hmm. definitely on top. They got a very comfortable cushion going going in. Um, but it's just it's just gonna feel nice to have that finish that that yeah that to we end might the need. season and uh, and crown somebody a champion. 
I mean, we can't do the same with the USL just because the league just started when everything closed down. We should say whoever scored the most goals yeah, that's per what game. I, that's what I was thinking, too. Whoever scored <laughs> most goals per game <laughs> wins the wins champion. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're averaging six goals a game? Guys. Guys. <laughs> where, where are you at? You made three? Okay. I mean, you might have played two games, but you lost one. So, I mean, like, did you really even really win? I mean, like, it cancels out. I mean, for us. I, I think we should definitely go to goal difference here. And, and I think we won. I mean, I, I, we're in, we're the top of the league right now. If we if we need to uh, <laughs> if we need to crown someone, guys, we'll just we'll we'll take it. We'll take it, you guys. Well, the U, we'll take we'll 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 be the poster child for the USL for the coronavirus, you know, for the the season. We'll just finish the season. We'll get the bonus. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll take the W, you guys. Uh, right. One thing that is interesting though that I found interesting because I I watched one game last last week. And that was the um, the Bayern Munich game. Uh huh. Uh, I mean, it was just interesting to watch. They can't do love stuff. Like I heard, they can't celebrate together. No, no, they can't. But like, here, here's the thing, though. Like, the, the only bad part in, in for me is that I don't speak German. Uh, <laughs> I grew up watching Mexican soccer, like the Liga Mexicana. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, it's, it was very rare. But every once in a while, they punish a team by making them play in an empty stadium for one reason or another. I know, guys, Mexican soccer fans acting out. What breaking news? I know, right. <laughs> Whatever was going on, but every oh. once in a while, yeah, that's that's enough of that. <laughs> but uh, sucio, <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite enough of that. But every once in a while, they'd punish a team by by making them play in in, in an empty stadium. Mm-hmm. And I would find those games so interesting because you could hear the players yelling at each other. You could hear when they're <laughs> when they're play, when they're gonna pass. But I got here, so I got like we. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough to watch one of those teams with Osvaldo Sanchez in goal. And that dude, he was so freaking funny to hear how he yells at not only the opponents but at his own teammates. Like, like every other word out of his mouth is cabron. I think uh, <laughs> it's funny listening to keepers because keep they say you got to be crazy to be a keeper. So I mean, you have oh, to yeah. be you have to be a little bit nuts in the head to to play the keeper, and I, it's it's a very isolated job. So um, to have a very vocal keepers is very nice. I mean, you you hear it from some of the best keepers in the world, but. It's funny to hear what they have to say when they're yelling at their players because you know they're yelling something. You know, they're you, you see them like the camera shows it, but you can't hear anything because the, sta- the stadium yeah. is usually super loud. But when you're you don't have anyone playing there or cheering there, you can hear everything. It's it's like um, it's like when you get to like to a hockey game, like um, when I went to one of my first hockey games. Like on the TV, you don't really hear a lot. You you just hear the the commentator, so you can't really hear the puck. But when you go to your first hockey game and it's dead silence, like because it's it's weird in the states where they 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 stop cheering or anything when the game play is going on. They kind of just stay really quiet. You know, people are very just like, oh, okay, what's gonna happen? And then they score or something, and it's like, oh, it goes crazy, or they get a steal in basketball or whatever, a block goes a little crazy. But in hockey, it's like you can hear the puck. Bam, going from stick to stick. You can hear it when they, it hits the wall. And you can hear them, each other, just talk and yell at each other and, like, say things to each other. Um, so it's very interesting to hear when you hear it in soccer because, you know, you, you when it's an empty stadium, you just hear the players yelling at each other like they normally do. But, you know, now you hear everything they're saying. And it's funny to hear because some of them will say the craziest shit to each other. <laughs> I know me and you have gone into it a couple of times when we were in the in the pitch playing together back in the day. Um, so back in the day, but it's, it's going to come back eventually. But, you know, we're going to play in the over 30 league. So 
by the time we get back. Yeah, we're almost 30. We're going to be 30 soon. I know. And, wow. And I know somewhere there's some some guy out there, the 40, 50, 58, like, these motherfuckers know nothing what they're talking about old sure. age. Yeah. <laughs> but then you got the 15, 16 year olds, like, they're fucking old. Like, why are listening to these ancient fucks? <laughs> Whatever. We were young once. Yeah, you'll get there. We can say that now. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that... um. I feel like the Bundesliga is showing kind of an initiative for the rest of the leagues that want to start if they want to start doing this if they have the potential to continue. Yeah. So like, well, that was that was my that was the first that was last week where I watched that game mm-hmm. last week, and then um, so that that's the thing that I I couldn't follow along because it it didn't have that extra entertainment of mm-hmm. listening to them because I I can't speak German I don't know mm-hmm. what the hell they're saying, but this week what they did is they the the station the TV station. Added in a sound effect like if you were at the stadium, so it added in a little bit of ambient noise, mm-hmm. like like you would hear in the background of a stadium, like some little bit of shouting, and when something good happened, like they would raise the volume on. So it's almost like if you had that. And here's the thing, though, watching that game, I can't really, for the life of me, I don't know who the fuck was playing. It was like, uh, it was a German team versus another German team. There you go. Okay, but. Uh, <laughs> But for a few minutes there, I only watched the first half, but for a few minutes there, like, you forget that there was no one in the stadium yeah. because of, just because of the noise. You were, the entire time, you know, the camera's on the pitch with the players following the ball, and it, you don't really see too much of the, the stands unless they close uh, do a close-up on yeah. them. And, yeah, for a while, I forgot that there was no fans. I just heard the ambient noise, and it, it was normal to me. I wasn't thinking about whether there was or not. I was following the ball. I was following the plays. Well, I was listening to the commentators. And when there was an exciting play, the crowd noise went up a little. And it's just normal well, in my brain. Good, that's good. That's good for the people watching it. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously the players don't hear it. But the players are playing. They have to rely on just kind of playing with with each other and doing their job. So I think it's nice that they did something like that for the viewers and people watching it. Because it does kind of... The, the irky silence of not being able to hear anything it is kind of like like it makes it it's a little jarring yeah it's kind of it's, it's, i want to say boring but it just kind of makes it so we're jarring it, i didn't say boring for the- i didn't say i, I don't want to say boring i wanted to find another word but jarring would probably be a good one it's a little bit interesting to just not hear what you're used to hearing when you're out of in a soccer match you know like when i go to the soccer game when i go to a game here with the with the phoenix rising I'm expect I expect to hear noise the whole way through. I'm not going to be able to hear anybody talking to me unless they're three inches from my from my ear, saying it directly into my ear. Other than that, I probably won't hear what you're saying unless you're yelling louder than the crowd cheering, which is hard because we sit in the supporter section, so we're always cheering with drums, you know. So it gets kind of loud to hear anything. For those of you listening from OKC, that is when you have supporters, when you have enough of them, you can fill a whole stand. Of people, and you actually get crowd noise for your games. Multiple stands, you know, <laughs> when you're that full. <laughs> and if uh, just just to let other people know, we, we don't like to buy our players, you know, in New Mexico. And, uh, you know, we don't like to buy our players, our fans. I mean, we don't like to buy our fans, you know, by giving them, like, all this free shit to, like, wave around and pretend like they think they're special, you know. And to be fair, New Mexico has... What no, are you talking about? New Mexico has nobody, nothing in, in that city. So if they get full, it's not because they love soccer. It's because there's nothing to fucking do. 
than to go watch soccer. I don't even think they get that many people at the fucking. Who are the, what are the antelopes? The, the the baseball team that plays there for college. The yo, I don't know what the fuck they are, but I don't even think they get that many people for their I college. I barely team. W- follow college football. You want me to? Well, do it's not college even college. Baseball? It's college baseball. No, that's what I'm it's saying. It's not like, even Division One either. It's I like Division do that, Three. And now you want me to do? It's uh, like the New Mexico. I didn't even know New Mexico had colleges or universities. Like I know I they literally I know, thought they just had. I know math. they got a team. I, I literally just thought they had math. Yeah, and a bald guy cooking it. And a bald guy cooking it with some fucking crazy guy running around. I mean, they literally wrote an obituary for it. They had nothing better to do that day than to write an obituary when the season ended on Walter White when he passed away. Yeah. The fuck, man? Spoiler alert. Spoilers? <laughs> I'm like on season four of that shit, man. Oh, he doesn't die right away. You ass. <laughs> I'm out. Fuck this. I'm done. But. Let's- oh, wow. Okay. No. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's just one of those things that I I particularly feel like right now with the with the with the Phoenix rising, um, and Christine's gonna let us know in a little bit everything. I just feel like we need to we need to just keep supporting the the the, the players and the team, and we're gonna be there regardless of what they choose, unless the team decides to do something really drastic and really just like fucked up, which I doubt they will. So yeah, I, huh? and you know what. We'll, we'll just have to wait to see what the team does. Yeah. But uh, right now, we're nearing the 30-minute mark. How about we go out to that uh, interview that we had with Christine and see what she had to say. Uh, earlier today, we did uh, we did record this this interview so we can uh, play it for you guys. So how about we just go over to that? Okay. Stop eating on the show, goddammit. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, let's go to this interview. And welcome back to Sticks and Kicks, everybody. And joining us via Zoom right now, all the way from Tucson, is uh, Christine Lance from the Red Fury. Christine, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you guys? Just enjoying a little fresh air in my parents' backyard while I'm down here. It looks absolutely beautiful out there. Who knew a third world country could look so good? <laughs> oh, careful now. <laughs> I love Jeff and everyone at U of A. My own sister went to U of A, so I feel sorry for her. So, uh, Christine, you know, just to just to get right into what we were what we were doing here, we were talking off the air about the Phoenix Rides and everything that's going on right now. Uh, and I understand there's been some new information this week coming out straight from straight from the top. Uh, why don't you walk through uh, walk us through a little bit from the beginning of what happened? Okay, so from the beginning, there has there was the beginning with the creation of the USL Players Association um, started. I want to say it was last year when they really started getting organized and getting together. Um, this has really started to kick in. Uh, they were trying to do a collective bargaining agreement with the league uh, to get some issues straightened out before all of this pandemic happened. Um, and now it's really kind of kicked into high gear. Um, the one thing I do want to get clear right now for your listeners is for those that 
think of collective bargaining agreements and professional sports in the United States, it's usually between the players and the owners of the teams. Um, USL is totally different. Um, they are not bargaining with the teams. The team owners are actually stuck in the middle of all this. Um, and they are doing, trying to do a collective bargaining agreement with the league. And we'll kind of get into the ownership of the league and how this is all working out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's become a little bit of a mess to say the least. Yeah. Because uh, like you said, usually that there is between the players and the, the league, everything that's been going on. Um, but well, what I learned this week is that league owners also answer to one family in particular. Correct. Yeah, the league of USL is actually owned 50.5% by a holding corporation called New Rock Soccer Holdings. Um, one of the majority owner holding companies, the Papadakis family. The Papadakis family then in return also owns another 49% of USL through their family trust. And then they have a little minion guy owning 0.5% of the league that will basically do their bidding. To make matters even more complicated, Alec Papadakis, one of the Papadakis brothers, I guess you can say, uh, is on the board of the U.S. Soccer Federation. So now we are in the quagmire that is U.S. soccer. Um, and we believe there's also a tie between the Papadakis family and MLS. So if it couldn't get any messier than that, now it's a mess. So not only do they have ties in there with the MLS, but it's been affecting here with the Phoenix Rising. Um, well, do you think it affects at all our bid to get into the MLS when we were really pushing for it two years ago? The bid for MLS? No, I don't think that will have any effect as to the bid. That's all between, you know, our owners and MLS. Um, the big thing now will be, will there be a USL season? And there's going to be a couple, couple hiccups to all of this. Um, so, yeah, go ahead, Lucio. Lucio, by the way, since I wasn't introduced earlier. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to all the listeners out there. Um, just at the beginning of the show. No, I wasn't. This is not the first thing we're recording. We're recording this in <laughs> I wasn't introduced. So I felt kind of hurt. But um, I just want to introduce myself. Continue, Christine. Yep. So what the league did um, in the category of helping the team owners financially through all of this, they presented the USL Players Association with a offer to have the players take a 20% pay cut. Now, if you know anything about USL players, they're not getting paid an awful lot. Um, most of what helps them out is a lot of the teams will pay for their housing. Uh, Phoenix Rising pays for their apartments, um, which helps out a lot, um, especially in a place like Phoenix where rent is high. Uh, but these players aren't getting a whole lot of money to begin with. Uh, the players counter-proposed with a 10% pay cut for those over a certain amount of annual income. Those below that would not take a pay cut. And in return, they asked for a minimum salary for the USL starting next year of $21,000. Uh, this proposal was shot down immediately upon receipt. Um, so that was where we stood going into this weekend. Okay. And, and again, like to, to those of you just tuning in, 
this was not shut down by the owners. It was shut down by the family, correct? By the league, the USL, the New Rock Soccer Holdings, and the Papadakis family. Just yeah. This week, we were basically banking on that agreement to start negotiations, but this whole thing shut down immediately. Coming into coming into this new fresh week, we have mm -hmm. where we stand, and players were already uh, willing to take that 10% cut, those above, and this was my own mediocre research here, but I believe it was $20,000, right? Those Correct. above yep. were the ones that were going to take that 10% cut. Everyone below was not, and whether the team helps out of players or not, if you're making less than $20,000 a year, I, I don't think that's a very extravagant lifestyle that you were able to give yourself, right? No, no, not at all. Uh, it's basically, you might be able to get yourself some food, <laughs> um, but you're not going to have a whole lot of fun on it. Uh, yeah, and that, that's, that's some of the things that, like, people, when they think of professional athletes, they think, oh, they all get paid millions of dollars. They have no right to complain. Well, maybe, like, in top uh, world leagues, you know, other, like, Europe, or NFL, MLB, like those top leagues, sure, they get a minimum of, I believe, it's $3 million for the NBA. The worst player mm -hmm. team gets $3 million guaranteed. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, $20,000 for USL players, and that's really not a lot. Those, for those lucky enough to make that $20,000. Well, it's also, right. you also got to think, and I'm not trying to be, like, insensitive, just trying to play devil's advocate here. Um, if most teams, I don't know how many uh, teams – but if most teams uh, are paying for housing, I mean, that's an easy $1,000 a month that they don't have to worry about. It's just, you know, I, don't, I doubt they, they worry too much about transportation. If they have their own car, I mean, they're paying for their car and it's a couple hundred dollars. Um, 20000 turns out to what, about uh, 1200 a month, twenty one, dollars $20,000, $1,000 a month. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not livable, but if they're taking out the whole equation of rent, being paid and if they're you know none of them I'm not saying like I like, like I'm insensitive to I'm just saying that if they're getting the rent paid for it, it's not an unlivable wage if they're getting their rent paid for them it's just it's not a lot of money in general they can't right. go on trips they can't go visit family um like in their wherever they're from and stuff like that like you know so, uh, Sant, uh solos from Ghana and then Wheelands from England and stuff like that they can't just pick up and leave while this whole thing happened because you know obviously like we said, they don't get paid that much, but in order, you know, <clears throat> if none of the teams are paying for like their, their housing and stuff like that, then yeah, I could definitely understand how much more difficult that would be. Cause if you're only making about a thousand dollars, a little bit over a thousand dollars a month, yeah, you're not really making much to pay for rent and then food and stuff like that. But I think overall, if they are getting their apartment paid for, I think, you know, they still some kind they still have some kind of livable wage in that sense but other than that that's just like i said my devil's advocate to to the whole unlivable just food <laughs> kind of thing yeah no that's a very valid point but it also brings up the <clears throat> financial aspect that these clubs yeah have agreed to mm -hmm. um if your blood isn't boiling already yeah. uh, with a holding company owning your league no, it New is. Rock Holdings gets 13% of all U.S. style revenue annually. Mm -hmm. Ticket sales, merchandise, sponsorship, any sort of media deals, 13% of that is not going to our owners. That's going to this holding company. They're pulling in millions of dollars annually, and 90% of the leagues are operating in the red. 
So there's bigger issues here than just between the league and the players. At some point, I got to think the owners have got to come up and say, hey, wait, this isn't right. We're paying an annual franchise fee to you guys, and you're taking 13% of it. Yeah. Make it even worse. What was it? Uh, about three years ago, the league did a promissory note with this new rock holdings group for millions upon millions of dollars for 30 years. And new rock is charging the league 15% annual. So besides the 13, we've still paying 15 annual. They're pulling in almost $200 million a year. Just in league revenue over the last two years, they received 28% of all league revenue. This isn't sustainable. So with all that being said, what is the USLPA? The USLPA, yep. What what are they proposing or what is something that they're... They're sticking, yeah, they're sticking to their proposal of the 10% pay cut. But if that guy doesn't something else have to be brought up? In order, it, it, does that mean that the the league is in a rebuttal and try to give give you a different proposal, or are they yeah. the same proposal that they did? Well, here's the latest news that we got going into this weekend. Uh, there's supposed to be, or I have heard of a report of a meeting of the USL mm-hmm. uh, to happen on Tuesday. Basically, the league is looking to take their ball and go home. Okay. They're not going to get what they want from the players, so they want to cancel the season. Um, so there's fun. Obviously, the league has responded to these reports and have de- denied them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect them to do anything else. Uh, but if you're a team, your problem is, yeah, we can play, but the majority of their revenue is going to come from gate. How do you get that and stay afloat if there's nobody in the stands? Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what Tuesday is going to bring. If there's even a meeting on Tuesday, we can't hear you. Tuesday. Okay. There you go. Nope. <laughs> Hold on. We can't. Hear um, you. if there will be a season, Christine, yeah, Christine, if you could hear us, uh, I, think you're gonna have to I hate to say it, but 2021 may look very different in the USL. Because there could be a lot of teams that aren't with us anymore. Christine, can you hear us? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. You might have to say it all again because yeah, we, we couldn't hear you. <laughs> oh. You go back to uh, if there will be a Tuesday meeting. That's what we lost. Yeah. So if there is a Tuesday meeting, uh, it would be with the league, at which point I've heard it's to decide whether there will be a 2020 season. Mm-hmm. Um, the league is denying this, that they are not looking to cancel the season. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but if you're a team owner, the question will be, even if there is a season, where do we get our money from? Because most of the teams are make their money from gate. And And if there's a season and there's no, yeah. And if there's no one coming in through the turnstiles, you know, there's a lot of season ticket holders like myself that have already told Phoenix rising, look, if there's a season, keep my money. I don't want it as a refund. I don't want it as, you know, funds toward next season. Keep it. Stay active. Stay with us. Um, but unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of teams that don't have that option. Again, 90% are operating in the red. 
um, what will 2021 even look like for the USL? Uh, are we going to see clubs go under? I have a gut feeling that, yeah, we are, and we could be a significant number. I mean, even if we do go, isn't there teams, uh, for example, um, say they, for whatever miraculous reason, they do decide to um, continue and let people come in. Uh, places like California, like teams in California, they won't be able to play regardless because California has already issued that they're not going to let no mass gatherings, especially for sporting events, until 2021. So, exactly. I mean, that's still a thing. And teams like San Diego that are brand new, who just started their their season this year, played two games, um, you know, because they had a mid-week, mid-week game, so they were able to get two in before anybody. Um, they're, they're, they're a team that's looking like they're going to struggle a lot. I mean, you got teams like Sa- uh, Sacramento. You got OKC – or OC, sorry, OC in Los Angeles um, who are going to be – kind of sitting there. I mean, Los Angeles is not too worried. I mean, it's the MLS, so who cares about them? You know, who cares about the whole California teams? But in general, right. they're not going to be able to play. <laughs> and if they do get to play, they have to take their games. If they're going to do home games outside of California and play somewhere else, or else they're going to go under because they can't get nobody to go see the games. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's, it's going to be a state-by-state case. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be no, you know, it's going to be, how do you even make a schedule at that point? Um, be very- I have heard they were kind of looking at the MLS model of doing a tournament in Salt Lake. Um, uh, but again, it would be closed doors all in one location. So where's the money coming from? I just, I just don't know. Yeah. And it's a, it's a good thing that you brought up the whole thing that, um, that 90% of the teams are operating the red because a lot of the, a lot of the things that we get from, uh, from other people when we talk to other fans and everything. Well, they don't need to worry about that because they got sponsors and they get all the money from them and whatnot. But how are you going to come up to a sponsor? You know, you go up to Nike, you go up to anyone with a proposal. Hey, guys, we've been losing money. We This is how much work this team is hemorrhaging. Can you sign us a $20 million deal with us? You know, how, how is that going to fly with things like that? So obviously, sponsors are going to walk. They're yeah. going to see this whole thing. This is the Titanic, and it's vertical right now. And sponsors are going to be, I'm out. I'm on the life raft. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I'm at this thing. Goodbye. I mean, you got to think well, of, like, big, big sponsors. Like, I feel, like, I don't feel bad for New Mexico. But, like, if you really think about it, New Mexico just signed a brand-new deal with Puma for their, for their uniforms, for their jerseys. And they're not going to be able to sell anything. They're not going to be yeah. able to make money off those jerseys, and Puma's going to probably pull out. You know, no pun intended. <laughs> but being, you know, us level a division two league, where are most of your sponsors coming from? They're coming from the local community. Yeah, the local community. I mean, just look at Phoenix Rising, our jersey Don't sponsors, Carvana. Carvana. Um, mm-hmm. Are people buying cars? You know, you, you look at Four Peaks, they've already had some financial problems. They closed a location already. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, you, you got most of your sponsorship, yes, but they're coming from locally owned companies that are already hurting um they're not going to be able to financially come back in 2021 maybe at the same levels that they did if at all and say yeah here's my money again i love what you're doing you know they got to stay afloat as well so so what would be if you were to move forward and if we were going if you had a, a basically like a definite kind of say and what was supposed to happen what could happen what would your moving forward and what do you think should happen 
and you know moving forward so that we can get this season to continue and keep going and be fair with everybody it's a great question <laughs> yeah it's a great question but no, no it's a great <laughs> question and i do not have an answer for it yeah, yeah i don't have an answer for it and, and um, with and that's yeah, the, go I mean, ahead for me it's, it's it's hard to like think about what it is that would be fair for for everybody because i mean at the end of the day people still have to make money off of this. And I know that it's the greedy hands of the people, the 13th and the 15% that are taking, you know, from, from the teams and from the league and everything. Um, but, you know, what, what is a, a compromisable way to move forward um, and help everybody, whether it helps the team and the players? I mean, like, will ending the season, you know, hurt everybody? And, you know, starting next season, having potentially, you know, I don't know, maybe more games next season or something. I don't know. Like, what, 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 what would be, like, a, a solution for us moving forward? Because at the end of the day, and, and you know, I'm not asking you. It's more like a rhetorical, more yeah. like a, just like a throwing up in the air. Like, what would we do? What would be a solution? Because, yeah. you know, right now we're just stuck between a, a rock and a hard place, and there's not much anybody can do. And, you know, we're, sti we're sticking to our, our, our guns, you know, saying that the players are going to be taking 10% and those over 20,000 um, per year. And, you know, the, the league doesn't want to do that. And, well, we know a lot of – sorry. A lot of teams um, and a lot of leagues out there, they'll say things and they'll be like, oh, we're not doing this, we're not doing that, and then come back and then do exactly what they say they weren't doing. You know, it's not news to us. It's not news to anybody. Everybody knows that they operate within their own parameters and, you know, they're very secretive and very kind of um, withdrawn about what they're going to do until they do it. And then basically is everyone's – on their own, you know, every man for themselves. Yeah. Um, honestly, for me, in Phoenix Risings, I'm not super worried. I feel like Phoenix Rising is one of the more superior, not su superior, but one of the better off teams in the league. But I think they're still going to take a big hit in, in uh, regards to sponsorship and stuff like that because obviously some of the sponsorships are also some of the owners of the team. I mean, Kona Grill, you know, the owners of those, they're within there. I don't know if they're still there. You know, you got some famous people that are in there as well. So who knows what's going to happen with them as it continues going forward? Because if they're losing money, mm -hmm. who wants to lose money? So, right. um, I don't know. It's yeah. Very and so basically, what I'd like to see, obviously, as yeah, what I'd like to see, obviously, you know, the Red Fury were behind the players 100%. Uh, you may have seen our hashtag stand with the players. Uh, we also stand with the club. Uh, we know that they're stuck in a situation where they don't have a say. They can't say, actually, because uh, what owner is going to come out and say something bad about the league that they're in? Yeah, right. Um, it would be suicide. Um, what needs to happen, in my opinion, is there needs to be any disagreement. I would say you accept the player's proposal. It's mm -hmm. not asking for much. 10% um, and plus this minimum salary going forward starting next year. Um, but I'd, you also got to see, you know, the Papadakis family and New Rock starting to reverse some of this cash that they've received over the last couple years back into the clubs. Um, if they're really concerned about the financial well-being of the clubs and making sure USL is as strong next year as it would have been this year, yeah. They got to pump that money out or else, like I said, there's not going to be as near as many clubs next season as there would have been this year. Yeah, so, I mean, it's basic, That's what I'd like to see. I mean, it's, it's basic uh, common sense at this point. Like if you're going to use this league as your cash cow, feed your cash cow. You know, 
if if not if if it's not for you to be a good person or good people to help communities, then for your own selfish interest, if you want to keep making this money, you have to invest in your product. So help out the teams, and help out these players. That this is their livelihood. This is they've given their whole lives to this. Right. Yeah. You know, they're trying to support their families, most of which are overseas in other countries, through a time where they can't go see them. Um, so I'm sure they're concerned about their well-being as well. Help each other out. That's unfortunately something that this country has kind of lost. It's I, the idea of, um, and I hate to see it, I hate to say it, uh, but yeah, we got to get back to being a community. And if the USL wants to truly be that community and that family, it has to come from the headquarters uh, in Tampa. Start kicking some of that money back out. Help out the players. Help out your team owners that are financially struggling um, and are going to see a significant loss this year because of no gate, no games, very little merchandise sales, no TV deals. And then going forward next year, they may even have to pump some more money out. Um, Interest-free, thank you. <laughs> um, when the local sponsorship isn't going to be there. This is not going to be a hey, it's gone, we can get back to the games, everything's honky-dory. This is going to be years out before things are back to a financial footing. I mean, if you really think about it, sponsors are losing money because they're not getting the representation that they do from, <coughs> from okay. games and stuff. That's it for us. We're so there's no... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a that's a sneeze. <laughs> but um, you know, a lot of sponsors are gonna lose money in the sense that, you know, you have small companies that sometimes they don't rely heavily on us, but they do rely on people seeing um coming to the games and seeing these sponsorships on 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 the billboards or just there in general so that they can grow as a as a local um local establishment and you know company. And with us, with us not being able to play, no one's seen those things. No one's seen them. So the, the sponsors paid money to put into the team so that the team can see, so the player, the people can see. And then, you know, you have televised games and stuff locally that they'll see the sponsorships and stuff. And now no one's seen anything because the games are canceled. And if they cancel the whole season, well, there goes basically money thrown out the window because we had one game and that's it. And then everything got shut down. No more games. Right. There's no more you know, advertisement pictures, nothing. There's no more, no one's seen everything, anything. And they're just going to be, you know, they're going to pull out. Like you said, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to reevaluate and be like, well, I don't know if it's worth us giving you money again, if there's nothing the team can do moving forward to get them to continue playing. Cause they're sponsoring the team. They're not sponsoring the league. So if the team right now doesn't do anything, the teams are going to lose sponsorships because if the teams can't get together and be like, Hey, look, we need to start playing the games. We need to kind of go with these demands or, you know, help them out because we're all going to lose the little money that we're making. We're all going to lose it. And who's going to still make the money, the 15 and 13% people, the, the families that are, you know, the loans and everything, they're still going the family. And then the loan place, they're still going to make all that money because we've already technically paid for that uh, ahead of time. If you know, if anything, so they're going to still make that money because they're in a contract. So, you know, the, the teams are going to lose money with these sponsorships and not going to be able to do anything. And then the sponsorships might not come back. So then next year, everybody has to go find new sponsorships, different sponsorships that are going to want to invest in the team again. 
and that's going to be very difficult. Yep. So, Christine, yep. before we let you go, uh, one word that you definitely said that's the most important here and definitely most important for what we stand for as members of the Red Theory is community. And that's definitely what we're going to be trying to bring back and what the Red Fury is always trying to do. So, like, just before you go, uh, any shout out to the Red Fury? Anything you want to say? Hey, guys. Um, boy, I miss you guys. Miss our games, miss our get togethers. Uh, we'll get together soon. Um, Miss you. Lord willing, we'll get through this and uh, we'll, we'll get together and get back to being what we are. Uh, in the meantime, we are working on a couple more um, things to do to help out the community as a whole. Okay. Um, so look, look for those announcements as well coming soon. Absolutely. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so Christine. much for joining us, Christine. You're awesome. Hey. Yeah. Danny, Thanks, guys. some beach somewhere. Hope he gets lost there like in Survivor. <laughs> no, you look like you're in a beach. She looks like she's in the Arizona weather with a nice big tree to give her shade. You look like you're in a beach because you can see right. her. You know. That's not his backyard. He wishes. He lives in Arizona. His backyard. <laughs> his backyard is his front yard. Is his garage parking lot area. I feel attacked. Yeah. All right, Christine, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you around hopefully hopefully soon, and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully soon without these Zoom calls, you know. I know, face-to-face. -face. Bye, Christine. And we are back with Sticks and Kicks. Thank you guys so much for still following us here on this beautiful program where we talk about sports and pretty much every other thing that comes across our brains, given when our brains are still working while we are ingesting this nectar of the gods that is alcohol. But fuck it. We are here. Nectar of the gods. <laughs> Lucio. Yes. Welcome back to the show. Uh, really good stuff that we had there with Christine from yes. the Red Fury. I have a lot uh, of questions. I miss those fuckers. I do. I miss hanging out with people in general. Like, it's not not even just them. I, I miss them. But in general, I just miss going places, hanging out with people, going to bars, going to, you know, even to have dinner somewhere. I mean, it's, it's frustrating. But, you know, we're back at it. Hey, one thing, though, is that I have gone from a mediocre chef to a mediocre plus chef <laughs> in this time. So I don't want to brag anything. You know, you know what? You know when I accept your mediocre plus? this anytime because when you anything. when when you send your food when you take a picture and you send it to gordon ramsay and see what he says you just have to add him on twitter and he'll respond you add him on twitter and he'll respond and if he likes it i'll be impressed we've just established that i'm bad at social media so wow i mean this will be a lot of promotion for sticks and kicks and he likes footy Orton used to play until he got injured that's why he started becoming a cook. Didn't know that, did you? He's English. Everyone who's English has, quote unquote, played footy. <laughs> no. Yes. No. That's not true. It's definitely not true. There's a lot of cricket players that have never played footy. Jesus Christ. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're, you're, you know, is it the most popular sport? In England, yes. Does everyone play? No. Just like the most popular sport here in the United States is football. Does everyone play football? No. I should have 
you would have been great. Yeah, for about like five seconds until someone knocked you on your ass. Hey, that was different. I could have been a kicker. No. no one blames the kicker for not making a tackle. Yeah, nobody but, blames. But the kicker. everyone blames the kicker when they miss a twenty-yard field goal. No, I'd be a punter. That's that's even that's bad. even worse. That's uh, yeah. Stay away from all contact. <laughs> if someone returns to the, here's the thing. When was last time? When was the last time a punter was blamed for a touchdown return on a punt return? No, that's every other person on special teams. My job is just to kick the fucking ball. Everyone else's job is to block the motherfucker that's carrying it. You're the line, last line of the That's defense. the last line of the but that's not what my skill set is. That's cool. my point. Like, if you miss a tackle while you're the punter, no one blames you. Because the guy should have never gotten to you in the first you place. Should, you should at least make an effort. I mean, I'll make it. I'll swipe at him. I mean, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll tell him, no, don't, please. No, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> but, uh. I mean, as, as far as effort goes, that's that's what that's what you get from me. But hey, I could put it between that uh that five and ten yard line, you know, inside the ten. You think so? Side sidebar though, I've had this question for a long time, and it's a very ignorant question because I've never played the position and I've mm-hmm. never played an official football game in my life. Mm-hmm. Why does the punter not blast it to the other side of the field every time? Like, if you're stuck on your side of the field, especially if you're inside your own 10-yard line and you got to punt and you got to get it all the way. Like, the most they get it to is, like, the 50, maybe the opponent's 40. That's as far as the ball goes, and then they carry it back another 20. It depends on who who's like, kicking. Like, some, like, so. But here's the thing, though. The, the punter obviously has a leg to do some damage, right? Mm-hmm. But you kick it so it goes really far up in the air, and I get it that that gives your team more time. The, high, the, the longer the ball's in the air, the more time your team has to get across the field and get in positions mm-hmm. to start blocking. I get that. But at this point, you're not interested in blocking. Instead of doing so high up that the guy that's waiting for the ball already on the 50-yard line is mm-hmm. ready for it, why not just blast it to the other side with a freaking sidekick and get it all the way to the other end zone? What's the worst that happens? If it gets to the end zone, they get 20. They go on the they get it on the 25-yard line and not all the way on your side of the field. Well, I mean, I don't know. When I was when I played kick, I never punted. Punting was, punting was for not that cool people, but you know, you ha- we had to have a punter. I was a kicker. My my boss, my coach, whenever I did field goals, or not field goals, uh, kickoffs, all he told me is, like, I just want you to get it between the end zone and the 10. And the reason why he wanted me to get it there is because if they touch back, you know, obviously they go up to the 20-yard line. And if they they catch it in the in between that, they're going to lose yards. They have to bring it out. Yeah. But the they thing was, just, yeah. I was good at kicking. I played soccer my whole life. So when I kicked the ball, I kicked it. I had a hard foot. I had a strong foot. So I kicked it hard, but I kicked it high, like you said, to get the hang time so that by the time it reaches the player who's catching it, they don't have an opportunity to run, especially not very far. And I get that. I've always thought the same thing. I always thought like, no, why like, don't I, I get that for kickoff? But I no, no. But like is... the same thing. I always thought the same. The same thing that you're thinking. Why don't they just kick it to the other side? Because I know if I was on that bitch, I'd fucking kick that shit over. Just blast it! Just take it all the way to. the I was like, if side. they get if they get it into the end zone, or even 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 even, even, wor- even to that point, if I were to kick it and it were to go out of bounds at the two yard line, there you go. As that, long as it doesn't go out of bounds inside the end zone. 
But still, what what is it like? The most they can it's do is take it out. Of the, they take it out of the twenty five yard line. They add on it so it'd be on the forty yard well, line. What, whatever though, like what my point is that if you're inside of your own ten mm-hmm. and you punt, they're gonna catch it around their own 40, 50 yard line. I don't more know. or less, and then they still move it forward. I don't know. To be honest, so I don't know why. I don't know. Don't. Like if if anybody out there, if you guys listen, if you're a punter, you guys know a punter. You guys just know the answer to this. Let us know. Uh, obviously, sticks and kicks here. We specialize in soccer and hockey, even though our hockey correspondent is out there enjoying his fucking life. Fuck that guy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a family thing. You're still. a family thing. But anyways, yeah, since our hockey guy's not here, we're going to attempt to try to talk some hockey. Um, so I'm going to start it off with some, uh, with some good news in the league. Um, they're actually going to start. We're going to start playing again soon. Um, they've actually agreed and came down to an agreement with the 24 uh, team playoff. Uh, the first four teams that left off at the top of their conference, so one through four on both conference, Eastern and Western, um, are going to have buy games. And five through 12 are going to play uh, a, a, a five game series, a best of five. And then after that best of five, since there's eight teams going into um, this best of five, the fir- the four teams are going to come out and play um, play on the best of uh, the, the regular Stanley playoff 16 game playoff for seven games, uh, seven game series. So that's what that's being said. And if we do go through that, the first team we'll be facing is going to be Nashville, the Predators. So, I mean, I'm feeling pretty confident. About that, especially since all our players are healthy and doing good. I mean, practices have been resumed already, so they're on the ice doing stuff. So we're just waiting on everyone's saying, everyone's not saying yes, but everyone's parameters about what's being held up because everyone knows California can't play. They can't play in their stadiums because uh, they're not allowed to play. Like they they're not letting anything start until after this after 2021. So they have to figure out their things. Um, there's other states too. Well, there's looking at it right here, like no California teams are in. No, there has to be one. No. All right, let me. Let, I'm, I'm gonna break down the list for you right here. In Is the San West, Jose, not even close. In the Western Conference, uh, I, I have the standings in front of me. I have the list of the player, the teams that are right now. Close or not, in like the the standings are frozen. This is as it stands. So there's no chance to move up or down anymore. No, but so uh, here, here's the thing, though. Here in the Western Conference, here's the teams that are in. St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights, and Dallas Stars, they're the first four. So they're going to get buys. Mm-hmm. So they're already into the next round. Okay. The play-in series is going to be Edmonton Oilers versus the Chicago Blackhawks. There's going to be Nashville Predators versus Arizona Coyotes. Vancouver Canucks versus the Minnesota Wild. And the Calgary Flames against the Winnipeg Jets. Okay, yeah. So no California teams. One thing that I am very curious about and I do not have an answer for is... How are they going to do with the Canadian teams? Because even though whether they may or may not be allowed to play, there's a border there, whether we like it or not. And so, like, what's going to happen when teams have to cross to and from to get these playoff series? Like, are they going to have to play in a, in a separate arena? Like, are they going to allow just travel for the players and for the teams? Like, this a very sticky situation here. I mean, they can always come over illegally. There's no wall. 
<laughs> but no, um, I don't know. That's a good question. How they're gonna do? It. I, I doubt that they're gonna restrict them from flying. I think that's probably one of the parameters they're talking about. Still doing, trying to get them to come over, um, and things like that. I'm just excited though that we're actually in the playoffs. Like it's gonna like it, it was in a, some part of the playoffs. It was a surprise to a lot of people that uh, the, like most of the headlines mm-hmm. in the past week, two weeks have been uh, focused on Major League Baseball and their uh, marketing between the players and the owners mm-hmm. in order to start getting these games going and again. And, like, that, that, that's dominated sports radio, sports television, ESPN. Like, everything has all been around uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, obviously, the NBA wants to finish out their season. They've been kind of talking about what's going on right there, whatever. Football, they have not been too worried about it, even though... Uh, it, like there's still a little bit of uh, a li- some things to worry about there, but like they they're confident that by the time that football season comes around, that teams will at least be able to play in stadiums. Whether or not be will be without fans, mm-hmm. they they there will be football played. That at least that's what that's where it stands. Yeah. But seemingly out of nowhere, NHL has just come out. Players and owners, everyone, the league has agreed. And they are on track to being the first league back to playing sports here in the states. In the states, and you know what? Hey, dude, I'm this, all this, for it. This is what happens when you just focus on the game. And I'm I'm all for it, but you know, especially since you know the MLS, uh, the USL, the like the Phoenix Rising were the first ones to start training and stuff like that. I think that we got our hopes up, and then all of a sudden it just kind of dwindled back down to like a a, a simmer because. You know, we're not going to be playing. I think that this is a good move forward, especially because the NHL is the NHL is a huge organization. It's a huge thing. And uh, I just kind of want to see how it goes. And uh, I'm excited to go into the playoffs. We haven't made the playoffs in years. Um, so I think even this playoff trajectory or the way that we not trajectory, but the way that we're being implemented into a 24 game play, a 24 team playoff, even so. Getting past this first round would mean would be a lot, because as of right now, technically, we didn't make it past. We didn't make it to make it to the we first round qualify. of the playoffs. Had it been a normal season, you mean? If it had been a normal season, we wouldn't have qualified. We would have right. been. It would have been so. We would have have won the rest of our games to have been, and not on top of winning, we would have had some of them. Some of those teams lose because we were playing against. Um, Division team so we were gonna have to have some of them lose also uh, After we had won every single game So it's one of those things that we're we're kind of in that situation right now where if we you know when we win We get to move on into the playoffs and play against you know Whichever team that's gonna end up being where we're at whether we're seven seed or eight seed or however We're gonna be put on the on the board. So Yeah, so it should be nice right now um we are an 11 seed in this 24 team. And we're well, playing, on, the, on the Western and the and Western. We're playing conference. six seed, right? We are an 11 seed playing the six seed. So pretty much we would be the lower seed unless the uh, Chicago Blackhawks beat the Edmonton Oilers, which is the 12 versus the five. Mm-hmm. Unless the, the Blackhawks win out on their season, we would be the lowest seed throughout the rest of the playoffs. Every round we advance. So we're definitely on the lower end, which speaks to the amount that we barely made it in with this twenty. Had they played a twenty game, we a twenty team with twenty team playoff, we would have been off. We would have been off. We would not have been. We would not be in the playoffs right now. But uh, like we were talking about last week, I I like that that we're in. 
just for the fact that we're in. Right? Yeah. Like, like what this whole thing, whether we get swept or not, whatever, we're we're in the playoffs. We mm-hmm. can't say like, oh, Coyotes have not been in the playoffs for eight years, nine years, ten, whatever it may be. Like they're in now. They're gonna come back with more or less a healthy roster. Yeah. Everyone who was injured is coming back. Um unless you uh uh Garland. That that's the only that last last one on my list. Garland was the one that was week to week, but yeah. since so, we've that he's was, had plenty of time. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty sure we we have him back. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. It, it looks like Garland is actually doing well and out on the ice. Um so hopefully He's actually at 100%, just like Darcy Kemper's at 100%, and Auntie Ronta's going to be at 100%. Uh, now we just need some of the big guys to step up. We need, uh, you know, that Kessel. We need We need to bench Kessel. Fuck Kessel. We, we need, just need to if, leave, leave him If off. Phil Kessel is going to play, we need Phil Kessel to be at the top of his game, even if it's just these these next, you know, few weeks. Playoff Kessel. We need play. We need ca- we need we need normal Kessel, Kessel that's, that's in general. We need a normal Kessel the like whole if, time. If, if he if he's just gonna it, like, I if don't care if he's gonna be the guy that just steps up for the hero moments. Okay, now is your time. Now is the time. Now is the time to be that you flopped around the Sonoran hot dog places the entire season. <laughs> that is everything that you've done. But okay, now is the time to step up and be the guy. And if he is, then you know what? I will stand here right now and sing his praises throughout the playoffs if he ends up doing this. I will do that even though I have. Criticize him the entire mm-hmm. season because why we need playoff players to yes. step up in playoff times. Exactly. And uh, right now, if we treat this like if it's the beginning of the season, the the Coyotes had an amazing beginning of the yes. season without Taylor Hall. And now we have Taylor Hall added into that mix. So if we just treat this like we're coming back beginning of the season, let's at, let's go ahead and go all out. There's positive news too on that with the whole Taylor Hall thing. If, for example, we were to get past the first two rounds, so say we get past this round, and then we get past the next round in the regular playoffs uh, or in the 16 team playoff, then we have the very high potential of keeping Taylor Hall. If anything, we probably will keep Taylor Hall. Um, and you know what? I'll do you one better than that, Lucio. Uh, we'll get if we get past the first round. I'm not even going to say that we need to get past the second round. If we put up a fighting chance, where Taylor Hall sees that hey, this team is a move or two away from actually mm-hmm. making it far, like he sees that, maybe he is going to really be willing to sign that long term deal because, like Kenny said a few weeks ago, the Coyotes have that opportunity to give him that nine year deal, that huge deal that, that he that he was gonna be looking for. And the thing is we're not too far from Calgary and I know Calgary's his home state. So I mean during the summer he can go out to Calgary in a really nice weather and during the season and it be in nice weather year you know the majority of the year, you know? Like living in Arizona during during the coldest parts of the of the season out in other places like Calgary and Edmonton, it's cold. He's probably out here without a shirt on in the probably, winter like <laughs> he's probably out like you said I'm jogging like it's exactly nothing. And and I think that's 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 something that for that kind of brings a lot of like good stuff to to Arizona is that you know during this the winter season it's like the perfect time of the year from anywhere else and during the summer seasons I mean still a great place to be just you don't really want to be outside for too much you know like I don't mind being in, being born and raised here 
um, being outside in the hot sun, it's, it's not a bad thing. I don't particularly care for it if I don't need to be in it. But if I'm out there and I'm working or I'm doing something, it's whatever. It's, we're it, used to it. We're yeah. used to it. We're, we were raised with it. Now, as an adult, it's a little bit different. When I was younger, yeah, you could just be out there all fucking day and run around and fuck the sun, you know. But now, as an adult, it's like, okay, you know, I don't really need to be outside right now. I d- won't. But if I need to be, fuck, I deal with it. You know, I'm not a little bitch about it. I'm not a baby about it. I was like, oh, I need some water. You know, I'm like some of these fucking players that come to the you know to phoenix rising games and they're over there fucking drinking water after five seconds of being out there it's like dude you just got here you literally just walked up and you're taking a drink of water you're fucking pathetic but um it's just you you know while you were talking about that about being younger being outside everything i i completely had a fucking childhood moment Mm -hmm. yesterday it was yesterday that i was outside with my wife who was just talking uh, out in the front yard and uh our house we have like a light post like almost right outside the the front steps uh, the what? The front steps. You don't have a yard. Shut up. We do have a yard. That's the city's yard. This is, no. The that, sidewalk is no, the city's sidewalk. No, that's the city. Shut yeah. up. Anyway. If, you, if, if it is, if the sidewalk is, you guys have done a terrible job with your lawn. <laughs> we, we got a guy for that. Shut up. He only comes once a week. Go ahead. Anyway, like in, outside of our yard, asshole. <laughs> Uh, we have a light post, and we were last night. We were we were outside just talking, hanging out, and uh, whatever. And uh, it it was around you know six six thirty where the sun starts to go down, and all of a sudden that light the the street light goes on, and I had like a childhood moment where like oh I gotta go inside, and like I just turned around and walked inside. <laughs> like what are you doing? Like I just like we're supposed to be inside. Like so my mom's gonna yell at me. Like, it's just <laughs> for those of you who are. Younger than what the fuck is the next generation called? After us? Yeah, like what is the it? Gen, generalist? Gen X? Generalist? The like generation? Generals. Yeah, the generation. No, it's either Gen X or Gen Z. It's one of the two. It's like, I don't know. I don't care. Anyway, it's the younger gen. For those of you that are born after the year 2000, 2000. and you know what, younger, whatever, back in the day before smartphones and everything, our, our light to go home was the street lights. You know, you could be out in the street, you could be playing baseball, soccer, whatever it is. As soon as the street light comes on, you mm-hmm. your ass better be home. Like you better get your ass home and wash up for dinner. Otherwise, your mom's gonna have your ass. Like your mom doesn't want to go up and down the neighborhood looking to see where the hell you are. And if they did, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Here's the thing, though. Um, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go ahead and like say, white moms they'll go out and they'll call their kid and they'll and the kid will come running. Mexican moms they're not gonna call you. Once they're mad, they're not going to say anything. They're, they're going to walk out. They're going to search for you. And as soon as they find they're going to fucking chunk like your ass from 50 yards away. Just fucking Unless, and then square in the head. And some Hispanic parents had, had some Hispanic people had uh, moms that were the type of moms that just waited for you to come back oh home. Oh, my God. And you, you did not want to. And, and you didn't want that. You, 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 you don't want to show up to your mom not looking for you. Oh my or goodness. you you shown up when it's dark because when the lights turn on there it's not always super dark but the lights turn on you're like oh the light turn on you need to go but if it got dark where like the only you can't see anybody until you hit the light then you're gonna yeah it was a bad and if your mom had to wait for you till then Ooh. trust me Ooh. you you didn't only have to deal with a chancla I mean, there was other things your mom can hit you with. Oh, my goodness. And the punishment was a lot worse than they are now. 
you know. So, so yeah, so, so like, so so then you understand as soon as the light came on, like my instincts kicked <laughs> in, and here I, I'm 28 years old. My instincts kicked in. I just walked in. <laughs> and your wife's like, "What are you doing?" Like, this shit, like, what are you doing? Like, we gotta go inside. What do you think? So what are you what are you talking about? <laughs> like, lights on, babe, inside. Like, we gotta be inside. <laughs> Street oh lights on, babe. We gotta go inside. We got we gotta get used to it. <laughs> But yeah, like that—that's pretty much what it is. It's but, uh, with Taylor Hall, though. Li- li- little, little bit of a little bit of a what is it? Memory nostalgia. lane, right there. Nostalgia. But yeah, uh, I mean, my thing though with the playoffs is that I, I really just hope that the, the boy, the 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 veterans of the teams, the you know, the Phil Kessels, the Stepons, you know, even Oliver Ekman Larson, they all step up and and, and show these younger guys. Like Garland and uh, Keller and you know Chiggy and stuff like that. Not you know, show them that there is like you, how to play, how to do this hard, how to go around. Right. Now let me cut you off right there. And uh, this is a completely Danny ignorant question, and hopefully you have the answer. Has Oliver Ekman Larson been to the playoffs? Yes, because he I think he came into the league in 2010, and we went to the playoffs like the. Second okay, year. so so he's got a taste of it. So he has a taste for it. He and he was young when he when he had a taste for it. Yeah, so but like my point to all this is that now he's a captain. Yes, so he's the one that has to step he, up. And he be. has to step up a lot, especially because, um, as a captain, you have to be the one obviously to lead um, the whole squad into doing what they got to do. Um, I think that the younger players are going to look to other veterans in the team, you know, like Taylor Hall and and. Um, uh, Keller uh, not Ke- and Kessel and uh, Stepan and you got uh, uh, Jomerson and I'm pretty sure on Toronto maybe potentially been on on team that went to the playoffs not 100% sure on that don't quote me uh, but even the coaches you know you have uh, Rick Tockett who's been at the playoffs before he's won the playoffs so I mean like he he definitely knows what it takes to be a part of a winning team and I feel like they just need to all step up. The coach needs to be able to find a direction for the team, needs to be able to put the players in the right lines that are going to be the most effective. I mean, we got players that are young and that have a lot of potential. You got Schmaltz that's, you know, great, you know, uh, puck passer. He's he's a good uh, handler and can shoot the puck very well. I mean, you got Connor Garland who's out there, you know, destroying goalies and, you know, being being able to find his, himself open on, in space. You know, you got Keller, who was on a slump for a while towards the end of the season before we shut down. He started picking up some points and started getting some goals in there. I mean, Taylor Hall is Taylor Hall, and he's he's had a wonderful season before he got to the Yotes, and he did pretty well. Kessel's really the only one that needs to kind of step up with, uh, and then same thing with Oliver Ekman Larson on, on DED. You know, the D needs to kind of really step it up. You know, Goligoski, you know, Labushkin, you know, Demers, um, uh, Chikrin and, and everyone, they all kind of have to play their part as this is going. Osterle and, and Nessa, whatever his name is, um, they all need to step up. And then the last thing is with the keepers, I mean, you got number one keepers both rounds. You got Kessel, you got uh, Kemper and Ronta. At this point, it's whoever's going to earn it before we start playing. It could be on, it can be Ronta and it can be Kemper. It could be both. You know, whoever whoever earns it before we start playing, uh, it's going to deserve it. You know, and I think I'm comfortable with either or when they're healthy. Um, when they're both healthy, they both play very well. Um, I personally would prefer Kemper to play, um, 
but that's just me, you know. And uh, I think we need to just uh, get it together and play hard these next five games when we start. Like, you know what? I think that I'd be comfortable with either keeper also, mm-hmm. both on Toronto and Camper. I'm actually going to lean more towards Antiranta. Mm-hmm. The only reason is because I know what it is to be the backup keeper. And at the start of the season, it was Kemper who was the number one, right? Yes. So, like, Antiranta had to wait for his shot. And every time he'd, he'd come on every couple of games, he'd do a decent game or whatever. But mm-hmm. it was clear that, that Kemper was number one. I know what it's like to be the backup keeper, to, like, have to wait for your shot, to have to wait to, like, fill in everything. And after Kemper went down... And Tiranta became the everyday keeper. But then he went down. And, like, he also went down. But, like, he he, he knew that it was his time right there. And now with uh, with both of them, Kemper coming back, he knows that he, like, he, he can fill the number one spot because that's who he was going out. That's who he's always been. Now, on Tiranta, if he's given a game, you're going to get the best game of his life because I, I, everything I, is on the line for him. I think it's it's one of those things too that um it's like every position you're gonna you're gonna have to earn your spots on the line, you know, and I think that Auntie Ronta could definitely earn his spot, especially since they're, they're getting back on the ice moving around. And it's gonna see, you know, who who's been training outside of outside of uh outside of training, like outside of being uh, in practice and stuff, who's been practicing, who's been training, who's yeah. been staying in putting shape, in who's been stretching, hours. you know, who's exactly who's been putting putting in the personal time to 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 better themselves. Um, so at the end of the day, we're gonna see who who wants it more, who earns it. And honestly, at this point, since they're both number one keepers, to be fair, um, I'm comfortable with either or. If we will go Ronta and Darcy, Ronta over Darcy or Darcy over Ronta. I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I just kind of want the boys to get out there. I'm more worried about our defense. And not so much in like the lack of talent. It's just the aggressiveness that they need to bring when the playoffs start. I think that's what my biggest fear is: is that even though OEL has been, you know, he's been in the league, he's not a very aggressive player. He's a very, well, you know, that's that's the way the Coyotes have been all season. And, like that lack of intensity not in, just in the backfield. Yes, in the back yeah. in the back line, and and I think that that's what worries me the most is that we're gonna go in here and you're gonna have you don't have a lot of players on defense that have been to the playoffs. So I think you might have him and then uh, OEL and then uh, uh, Jomerson who have probably been to the playoffs. Other than that, I don't think Demers has made it. I don't know if Kalagoski has made it. I think Kalagoski might have made it. Um, Osterley has never been there and neither has Labushkin and um, Ness or whatever his name is. And and I think that that's going to hurt us a lot in the backfield in the back, you know, because we're not we don't have experienced players. Well, it all depends on there. their attitude. Because it does. It, they have not been there yet, but there's always a first time. And, and, and there was a time where Kobe Bryant never made it to the playoffs. That's yet. true. And it just like he made it for the first time, that's and true. let's fucking do it. I do believe that the the Coyotes are going to give the Predators a run for the money. I actually do believe that the, the Coyotes are going to. How go. did they do against them this year? Do you know? They did really well. I think they beat them twice. Out of three games, I think. Um, I might be mistaken. It might have been once, but I'm pretty sure it's twice. But the the I, I also do think that the Predators were not as strong as they were back in the day. Um, they weren't as... They're not as hungry as they were when they... Like a few years ago when they made it all the way to this, uh, the Stanley Cup. So I think it's going to be one of those things that the Coyotes just have to take advantage of some of the youth that we have on our team that is... Showing a lot of potential, Connor Garland, Keller, 
uh, Schmaltz, uh, Devo. I mean, some of those younger guys that are up there that need to take uh, ownership and leadership as well as the veteran players like Kessel, Hall, um, Richardson, and, and all those that have been up there that have done it before, step on and uh, and everything. So we really need to get some of those guys uh, to really stay up there and and push forward and uh, take a lot of shots. I think that the, the the problem is that we had before we started getting, uh, before Taylor Hall came, is that we weren't taking a lot of shots. And I think now we're going to be taking a lot more shots. And I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot more emphasis on shooting the puck a lot more and playing aggressive. Um, if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever watched um, playoff hockey, Danny, but it's, it's intense. It's it oh, no, so I've, intense. I've, I've definitely seen it. Like, unfortunately, I've not seen Coyotes. In the but, playoffs. yeah. But, no, like, I definitely catch the, the – the, I like to catch all sports, even if I don't follow them. Uh, like, throughout the, all the regular season, I love to catch all the sports in postseason because no matter what sport you play, as an athlete, I know that this is the step-up moment. So, like, I definitely love to watch all mm-hmm. of, like, postseason football, even though I don't follow teams. I love to watch all the postseason. I like to watch all the postseason baseball. Uh, I like to watch postseason hockey. And, no, it definitely gets intense. Even though your teams don't make it, huh? Shut up. <laughs> uh, but, like, looking up right here, uh, I, I think we, look, we only got a chance to play them twice this year. And we beat them once. And we beat twice. them once. Yes. So, it was uh, a – I lost it here. It was a 5-2 victory yeah. that we had. Uh, early in the season in October, mm-hmm. and then later on we had a, I believe three to two loss to them. So it's one of those things where we can definitely, definitely give them a run for their money, and I think that we will. I think that we're going to take you know take it three. I think it's going to be three to one in the sense of three games won and they only take one, um, and I think that's going to be a very reasonable way to take it. Yeah, it was a it was a three to two loss in December. So, two days before Christmas. So that was their Christmas present to them. <laughs> we let him have that one. But to be fair, that's when I think Darcy Kemper was injured, and I think Ronta was injured at that time too. So, so that's that's definitely that's definitely what what it is. And, uh, but like, ho- hopefully, we're gonna get some good hockey. We're gonna get some good performances from them. Uh, it's really good to see that it, it like the one the one main thing like take away the Arizona part of it, take away just like the home field whatever that what it is that we feel for our team. Mm-hmm. It just looked so good to have the league and the players come together and come up with this agreement so quickly and be like, all right, we are the first team, we are the first sport to be back on track. In terms of safety, in terms of agreements, in mm-hmm. terms of everything, so like they're they're on track right now. Baseball's still fighting amongst themselves. NBA still fighting amongst themselves. Football's kind of taking it easy for now. I think football's in the best position because yeah. they are like they definitely caught, the end of the they season. caught the very very like the beginning of it. Uh, like they the, with the, the draft the, and the, the free agency, the Super Bowl the Super Bowl happened, mm-hmm. and this was when things were barely picking mm-hmm. up here in the states. Like obviously had uh like this is this is my personal opinion but had our administration picked up on a lot of this stuff sooner the super bowl might have been in danger because we should have been in danger mode at that at that moment we could have prevented a whole lot of lives that's my own personal opinion not speaking for anyone else but the super bowl was able to happen and then the offseason started and football has not been affected by this other than the draft that had to take place 
you know, without the players being there. And but free over, overall, like that, that really doesn't matter other yeah. than the pageantry of the first two rounds of the draft. Um, they the combine was able to happen, so they were able to they were able to scout all the top players from all the all the top colleges and everything. So they were able to do all that. So if each team were able to do their due diligence before that, they the draft at all should not have been affected too much. And right now they are seeing what hockey's doing, football seeing what baseball is doing, what the NBA is doing, and they're going to be in the best best position to see. All right. This is what worked for them. This is what didn't work for them. And come uh, the fall, they'll be able to start playing games, in my opinion. I don't think there's there's going to be anything wrong with football coming back in, you know, September, October. I just think the California teams are going to have to figure it out before the season starts. They have plenty of time to figure something out and get their shit together. Well, they were saying that the, the 49ers might play their home games at... University of Phoenix Stadium. No, not State Farm Stadium. That's terrible. And I don't like it. I don't like it because, well, I mean, I don't like it because it's California. That's just it. I and don't like it. because No cause, matter what it is. Because then what's going to happen is the same thing's going to happen with the fucking Chargers and the fucking uh, Rams. They're going to come down to, to Arizona and play because it's the closest state. I mean, honestly, I feel like San Fran should play in fucking Vegas instead of fucking here because they're closer to Vegas and they are to here share that fucking new stadium with the fucking Niners. But, you know, Oakland's not going to do that or uh, Las Vegas isn't going to do that. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, they come over here just like their fans. Their fans come over here because they can't afford to live in their own home state. That's true. So then they come over here. They start talking about the Dodgers, about the fucking 49ers. The they Giants, start talking about the Giants. They start talking about every other. And then they're in the stadium saying, oh, in California, it's better because we can do blah, 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 blah. You know what you can't do in California? Can't you can't live, live in California because you can't afford to. You know what's funny, though, is that you have a lot of people that are so proud about California. Like you show the, the, the numbers of how how much more you get for a house here. For the same price as a house over in California and how much more of a house that you get. And people was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'd still rather live in California. It's like, well, I'm glad you do. I'm glad stay there. Do it. I can't wait do to it. can't wait Please. to that, you know, San Andreas fault finally fuck breaks and sinks you under. You know, I'm gonna sit there and laugh. I won't laugh, that's mean, but I'll sit there and be like, Yes, it's over. <laughs> yes, the California debate is over. You guys <laughs> suck now. <laughs> All right. Well, while we're on this, uh, while we're on this football topic now, before before we start heading out, Lucio, there is one quarterback that was a starter last year that does not have a team. Where will Cam Newton throw next season? Who knows, who knows, man? It's just one of those things. Sometimes I just kind of feel like he needs to wait till the next year. You know, take a year off. Take a year off. Like the whole better. year. I mean. Maybe not, you know. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I mean, there's still a couple of teams that could use a quarterback. Uh, Patriots. Pa- the Patriots can still use a quarterback. Um, there's uh, I know the Chargers just lost Phillip Rivers, didn't they? No. They, well, they lost Phillip Rivers after Phillip Rivers went to the Colts. Yeah, so they lost Phillip Rivers. So, I mean. But they just drafted one, didn't they? Doesn't matter. That quarterback is not good at all. Who was it? Was it Humbert? I don't know who they drafted. Was that big guy from Oregon? Well, he might be okay. Uh, I mean, it just depends. I mean, Arizona needs a quarterback. They're fucking with a the little short guy that can barely see over his line. 
uh, so he can go there and do really well. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I don't know Minnesota. Lucio, I got enough lemon, but I do need some of your salty tears for this beer right here. <laughs> I mean, the Cowboys—they have Dak. He's a mediocre quarterback, so the Cowboys could. Use Did you see the deal that was offered him? Hundred seventy-five million dollars. He doesn't deserve that. Like, what all. is it? Like, averages out to like I think it averages out to like thirty-six. 36, which, 36 to be years. fair, 34 million wasn't enough to he support got, his family. So. He got so much, and and, he, and, he, and I think he's still salty for not getting the 40 million he wanted. Well, the thing for is, being what? What is, what is Dak Prescott ha, He has done? no accolades. He has no, what has he done? He has no accolades to prove that he deserves that money. But yet, because the Cowboys are the Cowboys and they have that money, they're going to pay. It's like Man City of, of the football world. You know, they have money, so they're just going to pay with no accolades at all. Man City has accolades. No, Man City has accolades. Sort of the Cowboys. But players, not all players. Man City has accolades in this decade. Sure. No, it doesn't because we're in a new decade. Come on, Lucio. Keep up. They had they had accolades in this decade. They won last year. The 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 Prem. That was twenty nineteen. We're yeah. in a new decade. That's what I'm saying. Keep oh. up. Oh. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Give me another beer. So but I mean Cam Newton's just, you know, I feel like right now he's just doing his part and still training, still still working out. And I think whenever he gets a call from anybody, whoever decides to call him to, to do it, especially right now since everything's being open, I think that he's going to be able to show his stuff to actual trainers and, and uh, coaches and stuff. I think he might be able to get a team within the next month or so. So, And I, and I think that whichever team decides to take him, because uh, people had this whole thing like, oh, he beg- he was begging to even play backup. He wasn't begging. He said that he doesn't care what he has to play, you know, but if they need him as a backup, he'll play as a backup. But he wasn't begging anyone to get him even as a backup. He just said that he's oh, he's comfortable with taking any position that he's going to earn his spot. Um, so to shut all those rumors down, um, secondly, any team that gets him as a quarterback – any team that picks him up is increasing their quarterback position. Even if he is a backup, you're still increasing it because if you have a good if you have a good quarterback and you have a backup quarterback that's just as good or you know close, it's 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 a good thing. Um, all, all I know is that someone like Ron Rivera can probably use him too in Washington. You would love that one. It would it be it'd probably be really nice to see. Is there who's the quarterback? Uh, Eskins? No. Kyle Allen. Are you serious? Yeah, they they took Kyle Allen. <laughs> it, was, it was the most. It was the randomest thing ever. It was something that was like I didn't understand what the fuck the, the Panthers are doing. The Panthers wasted money on buying on re-signing Kyle Allen for I think it was a year extension or maybe two, but they re-signed Kyle Allen. And then literally like five, like three days later, they trade him to Washington. And in that trade hilarious. to Washington, that same day, we picked up um, that guy from the XS, X, XFL, the yeah, yeah, yeah. CJ or XJ or, say, or PJ or whatever his fucking oh, name like is. Yeah. And then uh, we picked up Teddy Shitwater, like same day. Hey, I think he, we picked up Shitwater first. The thing that bothered me most about Shitwater is that he got a deal similar to Camp Newton's deal with no accolades, with no, nothing to prove, nothing 
he he has nothing to show for it yet he's going to get paid as much as Cam Newton was getting paid and yet everyone was complaining saying that Cam Newton's making too much and he doesn't deserve it when Cam Newton has actually earned that money that he got paid was complaining that he was making a lot of people were saying like a lot of people like you like you well, I did not not you I've never not you about it. but what I mean like Cardinal friends that I have here that are Cardinals friends and stuff like that that are like oh like dude you Cardinals fans are fucking delusional right now you guys are so fucking high on your own fucking supply that you guys do not see the bigger picture. You guys are not going to the playoffs this year. You guys will be lucky to touch the playoffs this year. You guys have a hard division compared to everybody else's. You guys are the probably second or third hardest division in the league after the NFC South. So you And you guys are talking about how you guys are going to make it to the playoffs. I doubt you're going to make it to the playoffs. You have to beat, beat out the Niners and the Seacocks before you guys make it. And I doubt you guys are going to get that. I don't care if you got DeAndre Hopkins and that fucking tree guy that you keep bargaining about. Hell you're not, yeah. not going to... It, it doesn't matter. It, I'm going to make that shirt. Tree guy. It, it, it doesn't matter. You guys are delusional thinking you guys are going to go out like the... Uh, well, I think gonna the go. Rams are going to be harder to play than the, sea, than the fucking Seahawks. You really think the Seahawks are going to be... Do you guys lose to them every year at home? Only at home. We beat them in their home state. Not every year, though. Yeah, that's the, that's the point of the curse. Is that we each win in each other's stadiums? I don't know. But the Seahawks actually win other games. That's the problem. Where you guys might beat them at home and this and that. It doesn't matter if you beat them at home. You have to have them still lose when they're playing teams like the 49ers and the Rams. If you guys are losing to the 49ers, it don't matter. This is the thing that, that bothers me the most. You're, you're, you have to win your division. You can win all these games, but if you're beating division teams and you're losing against division teams, if you're losing against division teams, but beating people like you guys, like the Redskins or something, it doesn't matter because division is where if you're higher in the division, yeah, then that's, that's who's that's, going. That's why. That's why they're used to playing top-notch opponents. No, you guys play, sh- you guys still lose to shit teams. And then you guys lose to teams that you guys think you can beat. It's like, oh, we're going to beat them. Like, you guys have no... Like, you guys sit there and and, and, and and think. You guys have played Carolina the last... In the last decade, you guys have played Carolina like four times. And you've lost four times. And you guys sit there think... So Carolina's oh, a shit team. No, I'm saying... You so, you guys think because... because um, uh, um, You're saying that Cam we Newton's not there. Team. No, no, no. What I'm saying, I'm, I switched it over talking, started talking about Carolina, about a team that you guys think that you guys can always beat, and you guys don't beat because you guys always think you're going to beat. Even last year, when we had Cal Allen playing as quarterback, you're like, oh, we're going to take this W. We're going to take this W. And then you guys lost. You guys, not only did you guys lose, you guys lost bad. So it's my thing. Like, you guys sit there and, and talk about teams you can beat, and then you play them and you don't win. But then you guys want to talk about the paper. This is, and I and I came out and said that my team's going to do terrible this year. One of the teams we're going to beat is, is Arizona. Because you guys have such this high expectation of that you guys are going to do all this stuff. And I don't believe it's going to, it's going to happen. I feel like you guys are going to fall short because you guys have such high expectations. Higher than you guys should have. You should be more realistic in that sense. Like... I'm realistic to the point that I think we're not going to make a 50-50 this year. I think we're going to be under 50, and I doubt if we win more. I doubt we win more than six games, but if we do, cool. You know, thank you, McCaffrey, because it it's going to be McCaffrey. Teddy Shitwater isn't going to do anything. <laughs> so it's going to be McCaffrey carrying the team again because Shitwater's going to probably get hurt like three games in. 
Then we're going to cold call Cam Newton back. Like, hey, we want you back. Well, sorry. It's not with the Patriots already. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. No, I just, I've just once again been uh, collecting your salty tears. You can collect the salty tears. My don't. Here I mean, it don't matter. Much, that's pretty much all it is. It's it's gonna be funny when I see, when I when I start getting my salty beers in like December like, well, we'll, for you guys' yeah, team. Like, we'll not. see we'll see what's what's gonna be what's gonna be going on. Like I have full confidence in this team, the team that had that is being built right now. Defense is upgraded, offense is upgraded. The kicker's the same, so I mean we had a decent <laughs> kicker. ASU, uh, bread. That doesn't mean anything. Well, it's just that he's here. So. It, yeah, that's all I know. That, about it's him. Like you say it, like it means something. That, that's uh, I don't know. He's he's a kicker, <laughs> so whatever. He, he does he does his job. He does. His, he was he was he well, was, was like, uh, ASU bread. Accountable. I, mean, I don't know what else to say about the guy. Like I just I guess that's all I know about him. Fuck it. Anyway, he's he's here and he's uh. We just got to make sure. Way to kick some balls. Gotta, <laughs> you know. So um, we're closing off. Uh, yeah, la- last thing. Well, let me say it. last thing before we go. Um, I just want to give out our prayers and thoughts to uh, the people that were injured in the Westgate a couple days ago. Um, we had a uh, an unfortunate situation where we had a shooter uh, shooting up in Westgate. Um, he was bullied throughout high school and still after, and he felt like he needed to earn respect. And he went on a very despicable and very just like horrendous thing to go to Westgate and shoot people that have nothing to do with him being bullied, have nothing to do with his, his life at all. And yet he blamed them for his faults. And, uh, um, he injured, uh, I think three people and, uh, praise God to everybody who was involved in that. Anybody who was there that had to witness something like that happen to them, uh, Hopefully you guys are okay. Uh, I know it can be a traumatic experience, especially because um, you're you're out there with your family trying to enjoy yourself, and then something like this happens uh, from sticks and kicks. Uh, and I know Kenny had mentioned it to me. Um, hopefully everyone's you know uh, doing well, and we send out our prayers to them. And then yeah, Danny. Yeah, for that. Uh this this is really one of the first times that this hits this close to home for us. Mm-hmm. Like we read about things going on all around the country, but like this is this is Westgate. Like those of you that live here in Arizona, that that uh, live here in Phoenix, you guys know what Westgate is. Westgate right outside of the Cardinal Stadium mm-hmm. of the Coyotes Arena. Uh, this whole shopping center, bar area is really really popular area around, especially around the weekends. You know, uh, like it's one of the places to be at. And people people go there to enjoy life, to like be with friends, be with family, to uh, take a few beers, uh, do do a little bit of shopping, and just like release a little bit of stress in their life. Definitely never expect something like this to happen here in our own backyard, um, but unfortunately, it did. And this is this is. This goes beyond anything that people might bring up because right away people bring up uh, gun control. People bring up this. People bring up that. People can bring up a whole bunch of other things. Honestly, the only thing that I could say with my very ignorant brain is just, hey, reach out and talk to someone. 
Yeah. If you need to. If you've been bullied, reach out and talk to someone. There's always going to be someone to help. There's plenty of hotlines out there. We are You know what, Lucio, let's make it let's make it a point we're going to reach out we're going to reach out to get a whole bunch of uh hotlines out there. Put put it on our social media so people can reach out and talk to someone. Yeah. Because a lot of times someone just needs to talk. So parents, make sure you talk to your kids, you know, what, what's going on with their lives, you know, what's going on with the kids. Don't be afraid to talk to your parents, you know, um, like parents, they have a lot to deal with. Sometimes they're like struggling with bills. They're always there. They may be complaining, whatever. Don't be afraid to talk to them. They're there to help you. And if they're absolutely not, there's going to be people that are out there, you know, reach Amen. out to school counselor, reach out to friends, reach out to somebody. And I guarantee you, you'll find someone to be able to talk to and be able to help you out. And if you do have someone to talk to, say you do have friends and you're getting bullied on the side of having friends, just kind of be more with your friends. Try to enjoy the times you have. I'm not saying, you know, bullying is, is a good thing, in, but it happens. You know, it's it's a it's a thing that happens in, in nowadays. And then cyberbullying is something I never had to go through. Um, yeah, I, It's a thing. It, it's a very hurtful thing for people i always tell my sisters to watch out for that I always let them know that they have people here that that love them to never listen to other people uh saying anything about them you don't have to prove yourself to anybody you're 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 special in your own way and you have your own your own way to doing things and you know someone says something about that you know they're projecting their insecurities on you so you just kind of keep doing your keep doing you and worry about the people that love you and care about you and that want the best for you don't ever worry about the people who bring you down and make you feel like you're irrelevant and not important in this world those people are uh, they're just like i said they, they either project their insecurities onto you and want to make you feel bad about it or they're jealous about something that you have that they don't um so and there's probably more to that as well but for me uh you know it's one of those things that you have to kind of, uh, if if you have friends, if you have family members, if you have somebody to just talk to and be around with, just try to do that and try to try to get a hold of them. If you don't, there's like you said, hotlines. So that's all I gotta say. Yeah, definitely. Well said, Lucio. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in this week to Sticks and Kicks, and uh, thank you for Christine for taking the time out of her. Out of her days, I know she was out in Tucson today. She had a family graduation. A lot of good things happening. Um, to and you know what, we didn't shout them out, but shout out to everyone who graduated this year. I had a few graduations here in my family that had these little graduations at home. Received their, they're gonna receive their diplomas in the mail. That are gonna be doing all this. Uh, we take it a lot for granted that we were able to just walk our stage and get our diplomas. But you know what? Shout out to you guys for. Uh, for graduating putting in the hard work for these four years keep going at it there's going to be a spot for you here in the workforce once you get out and you know what thank you guys so much for listening shout out to everyone in the red fury to the fuerte network to that make this podcast possible and shout out to kenny with his with his ass over here also celebrating the graduation in one of the most beautiful places in arizona fuck you kenny we'll miss you buddy all right Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week here on Station 15.